This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Welcome to the Godless Revolution, sponsored by patrons on Patreon. This is oh, episode... I thought this was a flashlight pit sponsored episode. <laughs> oh no no, they I I keep asking but oh. they're not going to do it. Well, today is Friday. He, he, just, he just wants a free flashlight. <laughs> well, there's an origin to that thought. I have a collection. <laughs> <laughs> today is Friday, January 19th. This is episode 190 and I am Dan Ellis. I am the real Ryan Duffy this week. <laughs> and... I think you mean Ryan Duffy. Ryan Doofy. Doofy. <laughs> Doofus. That's not nice. And I am the purple dragon, Grant Larimer. Purple dragon pouring red drink into pouring his- Pouring red drink into my- Into his glass. That's what Never, is. never empty glass. Mm-hmm. Fire the color. <laughs> we had a ton of feedback on last week's episode yeah. for GMOs. <laughs> I can imagine. A lot of it directed at you, Mr. Uh, I'm sure it was. <laughs> we'll get into that later if we've if we've got some time. First, what have you guys been doing over the last week? Fucking everything. Oh, I saw are you sore? Yeah. <laughs> I am I am still in re- Is that why you were walking with a bit of a bit of a hitch in your giddy up? I probably still was. Mm. No, that 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 shoot I was gone for last week was the shoot from hell. Oh yeah, yeah. Why so? Uh, the guy who is the was the director of photography who does control of the lighting and camera where it sits was a complete fucking asshole. Oh, nobody you'd worked with before. No, or? none of us had worked with him before. And then we realized why people don't like to work with him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now I know why people don't like to work yeah. with you. You're a giant fucking dick. So the first day went about sixteen hours. Uh-huh. Oh Jesus! And they're like, "This would be the longest day." Day two went about another sixteen hours. We're like, "Holy fuck!" And we only had to shoot half as much that day as we did the first day. Then day three, we're shooting. It was a night shoot. Mm-hmm. We started at two o'clock. We in got, the afternoon? Or? Yes, in the afternoon because we wanted to shoot uh, at dusk. Oh, okay. We didn't finish wrapping up until 5 a.m. Oh, my God. Then I took a, a three-hour nap, uh-huh. and I drove four and a half hours home, and I haven't recovered from sleep yet. Hey, what, what, why was it taking so long? What was Because he was the type of guy where if we set something up, he had to reset it up and recheck every light and everything. If we did it, it wasn't right. So, so he's a control freak oh, who yeah. really just wants the equipment 100, there. 100% micromanaging <laughs> every aspect of the whole thing. So we would spend three hours setting up one shot. And one of the things, the kid was supposed to stand on a railing. Mm-hmm. And we said, he's not standing on that railing without a rig on him. Mm-hmm. So we had some climbing gear and some, some rigging equipment. And I rigged it all up so he could stand up there. But then he goes, oh, I can see it in the shot. We're like, well, then either adjust the shot. Or do some after effects to take it out. He goes, well, can we just put him out there without it on? I'm like, no. no, you fucking asshole. God. For one thing, the kid's afraid of heights. It's like three in the fucking morning. It's cold out. There's there's frost on this shit. This here is to prevent him from fucking falling. 
We're not taking this stuff off of him. No. What an asshole. No. Yeah, he 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 blew up on me a few times, and I just had to look at him like, you fucking dick. Did you say anything to him? Oh, at one point, so near the end of that night when I was getting a little frosty, my job was I was pulling focus. So I'm looking at a monitor to make sure the camera's in focus and following the people around, focusing the camera the whole time and working with the camera. Mm-hmm. And we had to move quite a ways away from the monitor that I had. Mm-hmm. So we had to unplug it all, and I was going to move the monitor back. I was like, we don't got time. Don't, don't worry about the monitor. I'm like, okay. All right, you don't really give you a don't shit. Really want it. Okay, blurry, so I'll come fine. over there. So I'm over there and I'm handing him the, the remote control to focus the camera. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hey, get focus for me, focus. And I'm like, I can't, I can't see. He goes, oh, you young kids, young ACs don't know how to focus a camera anymore. Like, like How we the used fuck to? am I going to know if it's in focus if I and can't see what it's trying well, to focus on? The other way to do it is you look at, you have focus marks that are written out for distances and uh. you measure where the actor is. So you just go to that distance marker. Uh. And I said, well, if I had a fucking markers on here for how far, for the, for the, for, for the ring uh. and we measured out where he is, where he's at, I could fucking do it. But we don't have that, do we? <laughs> I can't I fucking cannot work with somebody who wants to micromanage yeah, me. Yeah. And he got yelled at a few times and the guy who was the producer for it that hired him to be the director of photography for it on day two even said I made a mistake. Oh yeah. Like I shouldn't have hired him. Like I didn't realize he was gonna be acting like this. I'd heard he was kind of an asshole. I didn't realize how big an asshole he was. Well, I guess he he worked with him a long time ago out in California, out in LA. Hmm. And we realized when the gear showed up, when he, when I unpacked the lenses to hook the camera up, I actually had to unstick the lenses. Like the, the ring on it, the focus ring mm. was stuck in place. The lenses had been sitting so long, they were jammed up. I'm like, this is, I'm like, these, all your shit's broken. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, 10 years ago, this was really good equipment, but you let it sit and degrade. It's going to work, but not perfect. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was we had a bunch of hiccups right off the bat, and it stayed like that the entire time. So other than working with an asshole for, you know, a dozen hours or more for a couple of days in a row, the, how, it was how good. Did good otherwise, go? everything else is good. <laughs> I made made some new friends. The rest of us got together. The rest of the crew, we all got along really well. We're all cracking jokes, trying to keep the mood up the whole time. Hmm. It was just him that was kept pulling the mood back down. So. Yeah, I I've quit more than one job w- w- after telling the boss off and just like leaving. That's always very satisfying. But yeah. I cannot work with somebody who's going to micromanage. Me. Yeah, well, the worst that, that, that just I does cannot not work. do micromanagement. Yeah. No, the the worst part is that that third day when we're shooting at night, we're shooting on a bridge, and we had to take all the gear to the opposite end of the bridge that we were able to park near, which was but a five hundred yard long bridge. Mm. And we had probably a few thousand pounds worth of equipment to carry, mm-hmm. including, you know, just thousands of pounds worth of sandbags and lights and a giant crane and everything else. And we pulled the car up onto the bridge to get as close as we could. And the fucking park service comes up there and says, you guys can't be here. Like, we got shooting permits. Yeah, but you can't pull your car up here to unload yourself. You got to unload it down there. Oy. So we had to walk a good extra 300 yards up a hill to the bridge and then walk it all the way to the opposite of the bridge. So we had to do the same exact thing to fucking take it all down. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why that's why I might be walking funny because my my whole body was <laughs> not because you were shot. fucking everything. No, and even I I told one of the guys I said I'm like my body hurts right now worse than it does after being in a wildland fire for three days. Uh, well, and it uh, was cold too. I'm sure. Yeah, it was cold. I was I dressed warm enough, and we we didn't stop fucking moving. Yeah, or I tried to stay moving, but yeah, it was it was 
not a fun shoot. No, it's bueno. It's it's a guy where if I see his name come up on a, a list for a gig, I'm not going to take it. Yeah. Well, and you, I mean, if it were me, I would say, you know, I'm not going to take it. And I'm going to let the person know who contacted me that I'm not taking it because of this person. Well, and the thing I is. I cannot work with this person. So the, uh, the one of the producers that put this whole thing mm-hmm. together that got us all hired to be there. Mm-hmm. She put out a thank you note on Facebook to everybody, uh, and his name was missing. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, how convenient. So I'm sure it just totally slipped her mind. I don't think she will be working with him anymore either. Yeah. So People seem to think that they can just be an asshole whenever the fuck they want and that yeah. there's going to be no repercussions, but that shit eventually catches up with you, man. Yeah. Nobody wants to work with a fucking asshole. Which is why we've probably found out why he doesn't get much work in LA anymore, because I guess at one point, like 15 years ago, he was kind of a little bit of a big shot. He was doing big commercials for car companies and like Nike and Reebok doing all their like ads for TV and stuff and making good money at it, but now nobody wants to hire him. Because he's an asshole. he's an asshole. Yeah. yeah. And you, Mr. Larimer? Oh, I, I, it's been a pretty mellow week. I, you know, short week, had Monday off. Uh, you know, following the, you know, government shutdown watch mm. and following that, we're, what, three hours now? Oh, one hour and 53 minutes. One hour, oh, two hours. Okay. Yeah. yeah we're, we're getting there. Uh, following some of the, uh, some of the developments out of, uh, the consumer electronics show. That's been kind of interesting. You know, uh, I heard they, I heard they lost a, electricity at CES they, this year. They lost electricity. <laughs> they lost power at CES. That was awesome. Uh, there's apparently a toilet now that, that connects with Alexa. And you can t- ask Alexa to flush your toilet. Will she also tell you if, the quality of your feces? I, I don't think it does that, but I, I would guarantee that that it's like, probably collecting information. I, it would be it'd be pretty funny if Alexa all of a sudden goes, I'm putting Raisin Bran on your shopping list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if, if you're just too lazy to, you know, reach down and, and push that plunger, you can ask Alexa for for only a modest five thousand uh, dollars. A toilet. Uh, it also raises a seat for you, you know, if you ask it to, and things like that. So that's fun. You know, a lot of robotics, a lot of self driving car stuff. That was kind of interesting. I went I went to a um a demo recently about a uh, uh, from a company called Comma AI uh, that does. An open source comma 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 comma, comma community yeah. <laughs> uh, that does open source self driving car technology. That's kind of scary. It's an app you download to your phone uh, that turns your car into a self driving car. I think I think I remember you mentioning what? a little bit about that, or I heard someone mention like any about car. That. No, not any car. So newer newer cars have have two new technologies in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they m- maybe your car has it. I, I I'm gonna get the names wrong, so it might not be the right names. But one of them is a dynamic cruise control, mm-hmm. whereas sensors yep. where. If if uh, if you're too close, uh, you know your cruise control will slow you down. Oh, Mine Ryan's does that, that and I love it. Yeah. Right, and the other technology is uh, uh, lane assist, mm. where it will keep you in your lane. Mm. Well, apparently you can communicate with both of these systems through the diagnostic port in your car. So uh, apparently, this company 
and uh, and many other companies are actually doing it as well. You could plug this little device into the uh, uh, port in your car, and with the AI and with the camera on your phone, you can it turns your car into a self-driving car because it just tells your cruise control and your lane assist what to do. It huh. overrides the the pre-programming of those two features and tells it what to do, and it just turns your you know it turns your car into a self-driving car. Ooh, well, that's kind of cool. on on the cheap. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Because you know, so what, you're, yeah, you're what, basically what hacking could, the car. What could go wrong? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and apparently, well, one of the things that came up in the demo. Was you know they they talked about the whole uh, moral the moral question, uh, what's what's that uh, term for uh, the the trolley uh, the trolley thing where the moral choosing, dilemma, choosing which one yeah. the moral dilemma of uh, you know creating self driving cars and how do how does a car decide do you kill an old lady or do or, you kill a kid hmm. kind of you know that dilemma and, and or do you or do you run somebody over or run into a tree right what you know whatever the moral dilemma is there and basically they solved the problem by just ignoring it Huh. <laughs> they just no ignored problem. it. They just ignore it altogether. They have well, no moral functionality in their code whatsoever. Huh. So if somebody's in front of you, it slams on the brakes, and if it's going to hit them, it's going to hit them. Hmm. Well, one issue I can see with that too, because my car has the the front end collision warning and automatically brakes if it thinks I'm going to yeah, run into yeah. something. But if it, if the lane shifts and you got the center barrier by the shift. My uh, car will start beeping at me and start applying the brakes, not realizing the lane is shifting over. So the object in front of me is the divide, that little yellow, black and yellow marker in the divides. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That will pick up on the front end collision warning and go off oh, wow. and start to, so I'll be going through an, an intersection and my car will start braking. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I could see an auto driving car going through an intersection and just slamming the fucking brakes on. Yeah. Because it thinks it's going to hit something that it's. Not going to if it Fucking stays in the Nissans. lane. But I mean, <laughs> but if if it's open source software, you can just go in and just rewrite the software and just correct for that. I, I guess. <laughs> well, you have those skills, right, Ryan? No, <laughs> I I don't. <laughs> you can just rewrite whatever you'd like. I just hit a button and tell it to stay at a speed limit. Then if I get behind a car, it slows me down and matches their speed. Mm. It's pretty. Actually, I like that feature quite a bit, especially with how much highway driving I do. Mm-hmm. It just—I'll just match the car in front of me speed. Then if I want to, if the lane opens up, I'll just go around him, and the car will go at, back to its original speed it was set at. And nice, I can control the distance I'm behind them. And so, how fast do you usually go on the freeway? Like, like I'm, I'm at least, I'm, I'm nine miles and over, nine miles an hour over the speed limit. That's I usually my, like on I-15 yeah, where it's seventy miles an hour. I usually set my cruise control to seventy-seven. Yeah. Then on I-80, when I'm going to work, it's it's an 80-mile-an-hour speed zone. And I usually did 75 for partway, then 80 for the rest. I usually just set it right at 80 because mm. it's dark and it's early in the morning. Mm. In, the, in, the city, I, in the city, I'm 5 to 10 miles over. When I get, like, down south or somewhere out in the middle of, you know, I'll, I'll push it up to 15. <laughs> 15 to, yeah, or more. Sometimes, but, but I'm still. I, I found in my car, I will still be getting 38 miles a gallon at 80 miles an hour. If I go up like 85, it drops to like 32 miles a gallon. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. My, my old Trans Am, I'm sure. I'm sure that I got better gas mileage at like 85, 90 miles an hour than I did at 50. So you got, so it was even, so it was even better at 120. Uh huh. That's, that's how it worked <laughs> in my mind. That's, that's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> because I'm traveling more, more land. I'm like everybody quicker. benefits. I'm, I'm trying to be environmentally friendly here, people. <laughs> I get there sooner. Yeah. I'm, I'm being, you yeah. know, I'm being less hard on the environment. Yeah, because you're not running the engine for the same length of time. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> it has less time to put out emissions. Yeah, the old the old 75 Firebird. That was that was a fun car to drive. I had an 84 Firebird. Oh, yeah? Mine was older. It was. <laughs> and probably cooler. I had the kit car. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, mine was cooler. Yeah. That was when they that was when cars started looking all very similar. Yeah. In the in the eighties. Yeah. That was my first car in the military was that eighty four Firebird. Oh yeah. T top. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh I have just been dealing with a bunch of bullshit at work over the last week. Um working for a federal agency. That at this time of year gets very, very busy as people start deciding what they need to send into the government or are getting back from the government. And it apparently is just in time to watch the government come to a screeching halt this uh, evening. Yay! In fact, we have one hour, 45 minutes, and two seconds to go, according to CNN. To find out if I get to website. go to work for free. Or that, uh, well, yeah, that you get to work for free and that I would go on an unpaid vacation of undetermined length. Yep. So that's exciting. Thanks, Donald. <laughs> fucking garbage. Uh, oh, we've yeah. got some other things that we're going to talk about. Next up, we've got an uh, interview that we recorded earlier with the wonderful Mr. James Huber. Uh, if you don't know who that is, it's probably because you're not the only one who that would be a mystery to. Does that make sense? Am I just, I feel like I'm tripping over my own goddamn tongue tonight. No, you you're are. doing fine. <laughs> but. But uh, James Huber is the author of the script for- The Reverend James. Reverend James yeah. Huber. Did he say it was Universal Life Church? Universal yes. Life, yeah. yeah. Um, but he wrote uh, a thing that has been out on the internet. He said he wrote it in 1996 called Kissing Hank's Ass. And it has been adapted into several different short videos, uh, translated into a bunch of different languages, yeah. redone over and over again. And it's one of the earliest things that I noticed and thought was hilarious as a young, well, I was younger than I am now, but it was as far as my life of being an atheist and, and out and open atheist, it was when I was but a wee baby atheist and I thought it was awesome. And Grant found it, I, found I a just, newer version than the one I'd seen. Well, I, I just happened to find it a couple of weeks ago because a, a friend of mine uh, of Russian descent posted a Russian version of it, not even like an American version with, you know, it was dubbed over. It was a Russian version uh, with American subtitles. And this was interesting. And so I kind of dug around. And that's where I found the 2013 version and the 2006 or 2003, whatever it was, version. And that's why I posted it to you guys a couple of weeks ago. Because it was it was my first. I I don't know how I've missed it all these years. Yeah. Somehow I I just missed it. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I it's funny as hell. Yeah, very very good. You should definitely go out and watch the video. We'll put links in the show notes for this episode. This is episode one hundred ninety. Uh, 
So let's go. I, I definitely like the 2013 poker version. Yes. I, the, the quality is better. You know, the production quality is better. The actors are better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they changed up a couple things from the original script, but it's very, very well done. The production values are good. Yeah. So you should all go out and check it out. Go and watch that and then come back and listen to our interview with James. Yeah, you better come back. <laughs> this is Matt Dillahunty, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. Marcus spoke often about transubstantiation. Are you gents familiar with the term? Yeah, transubstantiation. In countries that are slaves to the Christian faith, they eat bread during ritualized worship. They believe that the bread literally turns into the body of Christ. Correct. Think about that. One second you're chewing on my bread, and the next moment that very same bread is transformed into the flesh of Jesus Christ. An absurd superstition. Let's hope so. Or the two of you would have just eaten the flesh of a man. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. All right. On the line, we have the James Huber, the author of the script for Kissing Hank's Ass, one of my favorite videos when I was but a wee young atheist. Uh, I think initially when I first saw the first clip of it was in the early 2000s. Um, So first, hi, James. How are you? (laughs) I'm I'm pretty good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. So, based on everything that I've been able to research and look up and everything, uh I just I have so many questions. Like this was you know, the the first time that I saw the video was um it was a fairly well done video for early 2000s kind of kind of production value for yeah. for for being done on the cheap. Um and I didn't really give it a whole lot of thought as to who wrote it or anything. But then uh, Grant, who's here in studio as, as one of our guest hosts this evening, uh, found a newer version, I think, that was posted in 2013. Uh, well, so I, the, original, the original story, so my, a friend of mine who's uh, Russian ancestry uh, found a, posted a Russian recreation of it on it, which had English subtitles. And I thought, well, th- I mean, this is really funny. And so I started kind of looking into it. And then I found the 2013 poker version, mm-hmm. which led me to the 2006 earliest version that I've been able to find. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. And I that's just... when I posted it to Dan. I had never seen it up till a couple of weeks ago. I'd never heard of this parable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well and... that's, what, that's what happens. Every few years, a, a new group of people find it. And uh, I get a bunch of emails, and then it goes quiet for another couple of years. And- <laughs> <laughs> so, in in doing a little bit of research on this, so after Grant posted that in our uh, little uh, Godless Revolution community page on Facebook, it got me thinking. Well, hell, the first time that I watched this years and years and years ago, I was you know new to atheism and was just recently out of the atheist closet. And hadn't really given much thought to 
where it all came from. And then I thought, hey, I do a podcast now and we can see if we can track the person down who initially created this. Like, where are all of these videos coming from? And I found a website, but the, so the web address is J Huger instead of Huber. Can you, right. can you give us some insight into why it's different than your, than your actual name? Uh, 20 some odd years ago when I got my first real ISP moving up from prodigy, um, <laughs> they, they did a, the, the account name was just first initial last name and somewhere in the process somebody typoed a g instead of a b <laughs> and uh, that so that was my my email address is, is at that domain at that with that isp um and, and uh you know four or five years after that when i decided to move up to a real domain name there was already a ton of stuff out there that had the juger on it um so i said yeah what the hell i'll keep it um <laughs> Plus, the internet was full of Jay Hubers, not so many Jay Hugers. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. How, how did this all come to be? Have you always been an atheist? Uh, give us a little bit of background information, if you would. Well, I wasn't always an atheist per se. I was never, um, I'd never really described myself as a Christian. Um, kind of a vague New Age hippie vibe is that's where i grew up you know my my parents were big time hippies with um eric von donneken books around the house and bibles around the house and rosicrucian manuals around the house and um like a whole shelf dedicated to um the longitude and latitude tables that you need to cast horoscopes and <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my mom actually made a little bit of side money casting horoscopes for people for uh, quite a few years. And then I had an aunt who tried to open one of the first computerized astrology systems, and that didn't go very well. <laughs> um, so that, that's kind of where I came from. And, and as now, I grew now up, the Internet has just crashed that whole industry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. The, I, I remember the first. I'm a computer programmer by trade, and I remember one of the first programs I wrote was this unbelievably complex, tedious list of numbers that were crunched to find the positions of the planets and stuff for astrological purposes. Um, and it was just, yeah, a few lines of code and then pages and pages and pages of data. And that's how you did your computer, your um, horoscope on a computer back then. Now I think you probably can get an app for it. <laughs> now, uh, now it just texts you every day what yeah. what your yeah, horoscope no, is. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so anyway, I I was always interested in science, and I grew up with um, you know I didn't have like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. I had um, oh, did I lose you? No, 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 we're still here. Okay. Uh, I didn't grow up with, with, um, you know, Goldilocks and the Three Bears or anything like that. I I grew up with, like, uh, time life science books, which aren't (laughs) very good, but they're something. Um, And then as I got older, I got uh, into Carl Sagan and um, Richard Dawkins when he was just an evolutionary biologist. And, um, you know, kind of went from there and gradually 
gradually went from thinking, well, the religious people aren't right, but there might be something to it, to thinking, my God, this is nothing but crap. <laughs> so you say that you kind of grew up around a bunch of hippies and everything. Where was that? I'm, I'm guessing California just because you said that, but. Yeah, um, Sonoma County, uh, if you read about the recent wildfires in the news, uh-huh. oh, yeah. the yeah, the first city that that destroyed was actually my hometown. Oh, 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 geez, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's okay. No, nobody I know lives there anymore. We all moved out decades ago. But um, yeah, it's you know they talk about it hitting the Luther Burbank Center, and I'm like, oh man, I remember watching Gallagher at that place. <laughs> so and it was it was something. And um, you, you say that you work in the IT industry, or are you still working in IT? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much retired at this point. It's a it's a young man's game, and I am not a young man anymore. <laughs> um, so I I started off working um, actually for criminal justice uh, for the doing um, programming for the jail to keep track of all the various things that you need to keep track of in a jail, like you know which prisoner is which, and who goes in what cell, and who can't be put in the same cell as who else because they'll kill each other, and all that fun stuff. And then around 2000, I um, switched over to e-commerce and um, was working on that for uh, 10 years or so. Well, so when did you first start pumping out things onto your website? Well, I, I wrote Kissing Hank's Ass sometime in 1996. And that was the first thing of any consequence that I put online. Um, and that it went up on Prodigy first and then up onto you know real isp and then eventually to my own domain name and um probably at least half the stuff that's on there was written about that same time within a year or two of that um and then i went a few years without doing much of anything and then put out another few things and then a few more years and another couple of things like that um so you know about 20 some odd years since i started I think I think kissing Hank's ass could now go to a bar and legally order a beer. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm curious. This is this is Grant. Um, not not to sound too much like a stalker, but looking at some of the older versions of your website compared to your website now, you had a lot more information there. You had parables, other parables that either you yeah. wrote or or you shared other background information on you. Uh, things of that nature, but your your new website kind of strips a lot of that out, and there there was a lot of interesting information there. I'm I'm curious why why that is. Well, when um the orange haired Gibbon got elected to office, and <laughs> the shit Gibbon, yes, yes, and it became obvious that at least part of that was that there was a bunch of misinformation and garbage on the internet um i actually took everything down um and i just thought about it for a while and decided to only put up the stuff that wasn't likely to get misinterpreted or misused or um otherwise cause problems that i didn't want to cause i I don't mind causing problems that i mean to cause but i didn't (laughs) want to cause any problems i didn't want to cause um and slowly, as I, I feel like I have the time and the energy for it, I'll 
I go and tweak things and put them back up if I if I feel like there's a reason to. Um, but I just I don't want to put up anything that's that's causing more trouble than it's worth. Are you talking about things that um, I don't know could be misconstrued as as your actual beliefs or like what type of contact did you take down? Well, I took down uh, I had a thing up there that was questions for Bible thumpers, and it was. You know, here's this stupid thing in the Bible. Why do you guys believe that? Um, but in in my actual experience in the 20 some odd years that I had that up, nobody believes most of the things that I was mocking them for believing. It's just it's just something in the Bible. And that doesn't mean as much to those people as you would think it does. Um, well, I think a lot so, of them haven't actually read the book, so. Yeah, most of them haven't. There was a, a poll out recently. The people who are best versed in the Bible are the Jehovah's Witnesses, followed by atheists. Um, and I would have people, you know, write me some stupid thing about, um, you know, this question or this question, and they would be completely oblivious to their own history and thinking I meant things that I didn't mean and just getting bent out of shape and yeah, I don't need that. <laughs> so you're uh, as as far as uh, kissing Hanks Asco, you're you're often attributed as uh, the Reverend James Huber. I'm yeah. I'm curious if if you could expand on. I mean, are are you uh, ordained? I am minister? to the Universal Life Church. <laughs> okay. um, which how, is how uh, did that come about? Well, it. It was actually kind of interesting because I had always assumed that if you wanted to become a minister or a priest or something, you would have to study something, go to school, get a degree, know something about your religion. Well, well there you go, uh, assuming. Yeah, I know. And I was, I was pretty shocked to find out that, that basically the qualifications for calling yourself a reverend or anything else you want to call yourself – is that you call yourself that. Yeah. Uh, you just raise and, your hand. Yeah, you just raise your hand. You just put it on your business card. So I thought that was pretty hilarious. So I just started calling myself Reverend. And then I found out like it didn't even cost anything to actually have a real, honest-to-goodness, IRS-recognized church um, <laughs> call you Reverend. <laughs> so I figured, you know, People can can challenge my authority as a reverend, and then I can say, "Yeah, but have you ever checked out the credentials for your actual reverend?" <laughs> um, so I, I've actually done a couple of weddings. Um, I, I performed my brother's wedding, and uh, another one I can't even remember right now. So it comes in handy, you know, saves them a few bucks here and there. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm ordained through the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Uh, that's another good one, but that wasn't around when I was getting ordained. <laughs> well, now they got the Church of Dudism as well. And yeah, they've, yeah. Got, they've all got all kinds: a, a Church of Elvis and a Church of Shatner and a bunch of other stuff. They've uh, got the Jedi. Yeah, uh, is, uh, is Jedi yeah. recognized in the U.S.? I, I know it is in Europe. Well, it doesn't matter because all you got to do is say I'm a Jedi, and it's a religion, and you're recognized <laughs> in the United States. Yep, <laughs> religious freedom. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of prefer the old classics, you know, Discordianism, Church of the Subgenius, that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so when when somebody decides that they want to create 
a video based on kissing Hank's ass. What, how does the process work for that? Do they contact you or or has it been the case that somebody just makes it and you find out about it later? I'm, I'm curious about the process behind that. It, it, about 50 50. Um, it's 50% of the ones I know about. Somebody says, Hey, I made this video of kissing Hank's ass. I hope you don't mind. And the other half of them, somebody says, I'd like to make a video of kissing Hank's ass. I, uh, is that okay? And I always just tell them yes. And if you make any money, I want some. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Grant did a little research and found a whole lot of different versions. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know, I don't know how. I mean, have you kept up on on the progression of this over the years? No, I, I only know of about four videos total. Okay. Um, there's one that, as far as I know, may not have ever gotten onto the internet. I, I had a VH copy of it at some point. Um. And then there's the one you talked about with the poker, which is like, that's the, the best production value of any of them. That's the best uh, production. Yeah, definitely. And then there's the one where inexplicably Mary is a man. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that one. Yeah. I'm not sure I've that's, seen that one. That's the one that I think I saw initially that I believe. Is that the 2006 version? I think, I think on YouTube it says that it was posted in 2003. Or two thousand, yeah, maybe two thousand three. I, I can't keep. I'm lucky if I can remember how old I am. I can't remember <laughs> how old the videos are. Well, uh, so I mean, in, in my my digging around, at the point that I finally gave up, simply because I didn't have time, and I was watching the same story over and over and over again. Um, I mean, I I came up with at least a dozen unique versions, uh, including a Russian. Greek, Ukrainian, and Arabic. Uh, an animated version, a uh, an illustrated version where they, the atheist experience uh, recounted the parable, and then somebody did an illustrated version based on their their recounting of it. Uh, so at least, I mean, at least a dozen different unique versions, and then beyond that. The 2006 uh, or maybe 2003, that really poor quality, older one, and the poker version was redubbed with uh, foreign uh, subtitles in Ho Hungarian, Romanian, Greek, Hebrew, uh, Persian. Is Persian a language? I, that's what Google said it was. So, yeah, well. Um, yeah, so like at, least, saying... at least over 20 versions now. That are either completely unique or or uh, subtitled into a different language, and and yeah. at least ten different languages now, if not more. That's at the point that I gave up. Yeah, I um, I guess it's got to be more like ninety percent of the people don't bother to ask permission before they make one. Then because yeah. I wasn't aware of any of the non English <laughs> versions. I know it's been translated into. Um, I, a couple of dozen languages, but I've never seen videos of the translation, oh, okay. just the text. So yeah, I got, I used to keep a list on the bottom of um, the page with kissing Hanks ass that had links to all the different languages. And uh, one where ass was crossed out and had butt written in and a bunch of other stuff like that. But after a while, um, People, people aren't very good about keeping up their stuff online. Um, so it was just too much work to to keep the current version active. 
um, and keep track of how many languages that have been translated in and which links were still good and which links weren't. So, yeah, I just called it a success and and stopped worrying about it. <laughs> uh, how did you come up with the character names of John and Mary are the two main Biblical. characters here? Well, uh, John is just a really like classic everyman name and uh, to an extent so is mary but and they both have some slight religious connotations um but there's no particular special reason beyond that um they're just meant to be fairly common short names so i didn't have to type a lot to put them in all those times (laughs) that's a good programming idea it is that's Oh, okay. I, oh, I, I thought you were going. I, I'm, I'm kind of. Curious. I mean, what was the underlying catalyst for for this? I mean, was it was something happening, or, or I mean, well, like I, I mentioned, I was on Prodigy back in the days when that was like one of your better options for being online, and Prodigy had these weird kind of chat room things uh, where people would just like hang around in a room, and then somebody like basically direct message you and talk to you. And, you know, sometimes it was somebody who wanted to talk about how great Boba Fett was. And somebody, sometimes it was somebody who just wanted to chat, but an awful lot of times it was a young earth creationist Mm. who wanted to lay out the evidence for why he believed the universe was 6,004 years old or whatever the hell it was at the time. Um, And their arguments were just so ludicrous that uh, it was stunning and they were you know you, somebody says uh well the universe is six thousand years old and you say well then how come we can see stars that are more than six thousand light years away and he's like well god created that light coming to earth already <laughs> put the light in motion yes put the light in motion put it there so that we'd see it um and the, or they'd say well, you know, back in Noah's time, light was a lot faster. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, it's it's degraded well, over time and slowed down. People lived a yes. lot longer back then. Yeah, too, the, you there's know, actually I mean. there's actually this whole like theory called sea decay, which states that light moved faster at the beginning of time and has slowed down. And and I mean that it, it's that kind of crazy shit that made me say. What could I write that's even crazier than this? And um, that's pretty much what I came up with. <laughs> so, so, so you thought that kind of countering them with with a parable such as this yeah, was was right. a, an effective tool. Well, I don't know if it was effective, but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, one of the things that I really like about it is the note that comes from the desk of Carl. Yeah, and it has yeah. it has the eleven. I don't know what what would you what would you call them eleven commandments. It's it, it's just a holy memo. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that there are eleven. It's... Well, I actually made eleven on purpose because I didn't want anybody to think it was supposed to literally represent the ten commandments. Right. Yeah. Well, and I I love that. You know, there number two says use alcohol in moderation, but then. Num- Number nine. Yeah, number nine says right. don't, don't use, use alcohol. alcohol. <laughs> and and the part of this you know, part of the script, at least in the poker one, is well, you know, nine is just clarifying too. 
And I saw somewhere, and I'm trying to remember exactly where it was. I think it might have been uh, on an earlier version of your website that you mentioned something about you weren't sure why everybody keeps thinking this is referring to Christianity. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's, it's, uh, it, I actually went to a lot of trouble to make sure it wasn't specific to Christianity. Um, very early drafts. Um, Hank had a son, Jesse, who might have been him in disguise, who he killed so he could lower the rent or something. I couldn't make it work anyway. <laughs> but, but um, you know, there's a lot of Christianity-specific insanity that I, I didn't put in there. Everything, everything that's in Kiss Hank, Kissing Hank says is really kind of generic stupidity. I mean, I could have um, a Muslim write and object to it just as easily as I could have a Christian object to it. Um, so it's it's really not, it's specifically not just Christianity that it's making fun of. But it's still a little comical that they're all like, stop making fun of my religion. Oh, a- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Which obviously like, they see the correlation of their religion being stupid. Right. I, on a, a previous fact on my website, I said, if the shoe fits, you need shoes, foot surgery. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Lucian Greaves, spokesperson and co-founder of the Satanic Temple. Check out my website, grayfaction.org, if you want to be disgusted and alarmed. You're listening to Godless Revolution. All right, Brett boy, what are these? They're books. Books that hold the word of God. And we know what Bibles are, Streza. It's my favorite work of fiction. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. Yeah, I just have been a huge fan of this for the longest time. When you created it initially, how how long did it take you to write it all out or get it into its final version from was, conception uh, into into its final product? It was 20 some odd years ago, so I'm I'm going on possibly false memories, <laughs> but I think it was probably something like a week. It it came out really fast. It was just you know, I knew that overall like arc of it that I wanted and I, I fiddled with a few pieces here and there, but it didn't take me long at all. Yeah, I like it quite a bit. I Have you been tweaking it throughout the years or was it just you once you had it complete and, and had put it on on the website? It was it's been a finished product since then. Well, the, early on, there was a, a thing that was talking about. um I don't know. The, there's this, uh, the moon got knocked off the earth or the moon was captured by the earth or something like that. Um, I think it or at first it said um, the, uh, the moon was captured by the earth. And um, I, maybe six months after I put it up, somebody wrote and said, you know, the, the actual latest scientific theory is that a Mars size planetoid whacked into the earth and shot the moon out. So I changed that and I put a footnote in there that said, you know, earlier versions had this incorrect scientific data in it. And then um, maybe three, four years ago, I took out the footnote and that's pretty much all the changes that there have been that and a few typos fixed. (laughs) So do you do anything else as far as atheist activism or, 
have you been asked to speak at any conventions or anything like that? I way back um, in yeah, probably before 2000, um, I went to a couple of conventions and I went to some atheist meetups and things like that. And they were some of the most mind-numbingly tedious events I've ever attended in my <laughs> life. And um, I just, I was like, ah, you know what? I, I, can, I can sit at home and read my email if I want to hear people tell me how great I am. So I'll just stay home. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, what kind of response did you get to this in, in like the first couple of years after you put it out or or the years since i mean well uh, any criticisms or compliment i mean what what kind of response do you get I, to this i think the first response i got outside of like friends and family that i showed it to was from my boss at the place i was working at the time who he, he saw it um and he liked it and about a week later he comes back and says you know you might want to like file a copyright or something on this because I just saw somebody reposted on this message forum over here without giving you any credit. Um, and that that's kind of been a continuing theme for the last 20 years or so. Um, other than that, most of the people who wanted to write and yell at me wrote and yelled at me about something else. Um, and um, almost universally, the response has been really good. Early on, there was one guy who tried to write a parody of it and that was pretty pointless. Um, uh, he tried to make the me character an idiotic villain. And I'm like, the me character is already kind of idiotic. What are you trying to do here? <laughs> um, and other than that, you know, really good response on it. And, uh, like I was saying earlier, every few years, somebody on Reddit thinks they're the first ones to ever see it, and they post <laughs> it, and they get all excited, and and um, people send me emails, and I get enough in my PayPal to pay for a cup of coffee or something. <laughs> and, well, uh, well yeah. this year it's me, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm the one who just saw it this year, so yeah, it's every, every few years, like I said, and it's you know. It's fine. I mean, there's all kinds of authors that have been dead for hundreds of years that I just discovered, so why not? <laughs> so my mom has been into a lot of woo in the past as well. Uh, is Are your parents still around? Do you have other family? Are they atheists? No, they, How does that all work? Well, my brother's an atheist. My sisters are eh, kind of. My wife's an atheist. Um, and... Yeah, it's just not really a lot of other atheists around and not a lot of people I know well enough to say, hey, you believe in that God shit? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, um, so, and, and both of my parents are gone. So that's, oh. uh, Where, did they did they ever know about your atheist inclinations before they before they passed? I, they. I don't think either one of them would have been surprised. Um, I, I didn't really have a very close relationship with my dad. I'm not even sure if I talked to him after I wrote that. Uh, oh, yeah, I did, because I wrote it before my first marriage, and I saw him at my wedding. So, um, yeah, so I don't know about my dad. Uh, my mom knew about it. My mom thought it was hilarious. <laughs> 
she had some problems <laughs> with some other stuff on my website, but she thought kissing Hank's ass was hilarious. <laughs> what things did she have an issue with? Um, I don't think she liked the the questions for Bible thumpers very much. And there's a, there was a piece, I don't know if it's still on there, that's um, like making fun of people who are like, well, I don't care what gays do as long as they do it in their own bedroom kind of thing. Um, and that was one of the ones I think I took down because it got misunderstood a lot. Um, and she didn't like that one very much because she was – she was very she wasn't homophobic per se but she did think that that it was kind of gross and she didn't want to hear about it so i think i uh, remember skimming over that i i didn't read it in detail but on your older version of your site i think i skimmed over that one yeah that's one i might like to bring back if if i could find the time to to fix it up because I think it makes a good point. Just, I don't think it did it particularly well. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting because uh, well, in, in your 11, uh, memos, <laughs> from memos Carl. from, uh, from Carl, uh, the, the one about, uh, the hot dog in the bun. Right. And, and I, I presume you were, uh, I, one, you tell me, I mean, maybe you were just talking about kind of the, the odd, uh, dietary constraints in so many religions, but in in light of the last decade or two of the LGBT movement, I mean, I was I was kind of relating that to kind of the LGBT. Yeah, it was it thing. was specifically written to make people think that it was probably about sex, but not any particular kind of sex, so that you know people could be upset about whichever kind of sex they wanted to be upset about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's an interesting point. I, I've noticed that people, if they, if they don't particularly like something and they can't exactly put their finger on it, they'll start assigning intent behind whatever w was written. Um, yeah, and I wanted to make that as easy as possible for people. <laughs> <laughs> to, to have them create whatever intent they wanted and, and be able to project that onto what you had created. Right, and then, then, you know, they call up and say, how dare you promote eh, whatever the hell they think I'm trying to promote? And I'm like, why did you see that? <laughs> I'm just promoting hot dogs here. What are, yeah, what are you talking about? I hot dogs. Yeah, I don't so. like condiments. Yeah, no, I like condiments. I like sauerkraut. I just, I like everything. But, um, but yeah, people who don't. I don't mind what whatever people want to put on their hot dog. That's okay with me. They just they gotta let me put what I want on it and not try to feed me ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that I've noticed with a lot of religious people is that they are quick to find something on the internet that outrages them, and then they'll go into the place where that was created and start complaining about it. But it's really rare. I mean, maybe it's. Maybe I just think it's rare and it's not, but I don't often see atheists going and visiting, you know, church-related websites and making comments saying, you're all stupid. I don't, you know, I never, even when I was young to the atheist movement and, and recently out or anything, I didn't specifically go visiting and trolling Christian web pages, calling them all stupid and, you know, 
casting pearls before swine and, you know, just throwing out anything I could do to try to negate anything that they were saying. But I, yeah, well, that's been my experience too. But I don't know how much of that is because I wouldn't be caught dead on a Christian website. So I would never know. <laughs> um, and how much is the fact that there's just far, far fewer of us than there are of them. Yeah, it's it's like they're spoiling for a fight. You know, I I run a few different yeah. um Facebook pages that are atheist related and I'm inundated the the I get more messages from Christians who come and get upset by something they see on the page or they've just heard about the page somewhere yeah. else and they'll come and and then they start sending me messages and it's like Look, man, I'm not coming into your house and shitting on your coffee table. Why the fuck are you even here? Well, it's, it's yeah. just your very existence is offensive to them. Right. Yeah. And, but by the same token, you can, you can go to a Harry Potter board and have Twilight fans just shitting all over them. <laughs> um, so it's, it, it's a human thing, not, not specifically a religious thing. Um, but yeah, you do see religious people do it a lot. Yeah, it's something that I I get increasingly less patient for. Well, I guess it depends on the day and my mood. Uh, depending and the it depends on the message that they send to me. But it seems like anytime I start trying to actually engage them and have a dialogue to find out why they believe, you know, to find out what they believe and why they believe it, they just run away and block me immediately. And it's and that you know I. The times that I send messages just like, hey, fuck you, what are you doing here? You know, piss off, don't bother me, go bother somebody else. They'll sit and they'll exchange messages with me back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But the second I start asking them questions about what they actually be believe and why they believe it, it turns into, well, I'll pray for you, and then they block me. They Like, they don't want to actually have to critically examine what they believe or have to explain it to anybody. Yeah, what I find is that they seem to have a script, and I've actually seen a literal flow chart that, that ministers pass around that has, you know, if they say this, say this. And it's, and I also know some of them sort of just figuratively have that. They have the set of arguments that they're practicing, and as soon as they hit an end point, it's like, I'll pray for you, bye. <laughs> well, I mean, that—that that is the ultimate conclusion of, of pretty much every discussion I've had with with devout anyone is when it when it gets to a certain point, it's like, well, you just have to ask God. Yeah, yeah, and I, I did, and God said He didn't exist. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't had a chance to read a whole lot of the other things that are that have been on your website. You know, using like the wayback machine or anything like that is there anything not out there that you really would like to have out there um uh, no it's the 21st century if there's something i want online it's easy enough to get it there um so it, you know everything i think the most recent thing was like uh that savage truth thing which i wrote when mythbusters was still on the air so Everything that that needs to get someplace has gotten there by now, um, and uh, you know can't really complain about how far that's gotten if it's been translated into a dozen languages and you know <laughs> filmed fourteen times that I don't even know about until tonight. 
Well, we're happy we could we could inform you about that. Um, what is the what is your favorite thing that you've written? Uh, I, I I like kissing Hank's ass. Um, I think the watchmaker may be underrated, um, and just for absolutely sheer annoying people, I think Pascal's sucker bet is probably my favorite. Um, and that that's also the one that's brought me the most income because there's apparently a few people who are stupid enough to pay the five dollars it talks about. <laughs> well, I so I've got that here in front of me, and it says, "Well, it it ends with Reverend James's wager." You want to tell us about that? Well, it Pascal's wager is just you know how can you dare take the chance that that you're not going to go to hell by believing in God? And mine is, well, I'm going to send you to hell if you don't give me five dollars. I figure that makes as much sense as any of the other nonsense people spout. So it does. It works occasionally. Actually, I don't think it ever works. I think some people think it's funny and send me five dollars. But, <laughs> but you never know. People are really dumb. <laughs> and are you still living in California now? Yeah, I'm living in Southern California now. Um, uh, San Diego area, which is an entirely different planet than san francisco bay area um it's it's way more conservative um almost frighteningly so sometimes um really in san diego i didn't i guess i never i wouldn't have pictured san diego being conservative yeah well um we have an enormous amount of military personnel mm. here oh. yeah yeah um coming in from you know all over the country and bringing their local beliefs with them. So it, it can be pretty darn conservative here sometimes. Yeah, California is kind of a hodgepodge quilt of different of different beliefs in different areas. I know that Orange County is pretty much a revivalist, big tent megachurch county these days. Yeah, and the entire Central Valley is, uh, you might as well be, is someplace in one of the flyover states as far as most of the attitudes go. Oh, yeah. um, and and really the only part of California that's as liberal as people tend to think of it is San Francisco Bay Area and, and Los Angeles. But And I think Los Angeles is as liberal as most people think. Well, apparently they're sparking up the whole uh, splitting California argument again. There's there's a whole new, new thing that they want yeah. to... New California. New, yeah. new California. The, instead yeah. of splitting it into six states, they just want to split it into two, urban yeah. and rural. Yeah, um, they do that, some variation of that every couple of years, but probably for the same reason I get a flock of emails every few years. It's the people who saw what a dumb idea it was last time have all moved on to something else. And there's a whole new crop of idiots. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's like the Texas, the Texas secession or yeah. thing that pops up every few years. I mean, somebody makes the argument and it hits the news, yeah. but it never actually goes anywhere. Uh, the, um, one of the big Texas secession websites that was around a few years ago, Turned out to be a Russian um, propaganda oh, website. Yeah, I heard about yeah. that. Uh, but they did a really good job. The, the <laughs> website was full of typos, so it looked totally authentic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of my backhanded or 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 underhanded ways of 
I don't know, insulting somebody is if they're not making a whole lot of sense. I'll say, well, I do it, I do it on two occasions. I do it sometimes as a, as a backhanded way of insulting somebody. And sometimes it's because I want to make sure before I tear into somebody or, or really start arguing with them to make sure that I'm not wasting a whole lot of my time. If there's a language barrier, I'll just say is English your first language. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because for the people who it is their first language, but they're really terrible about it. Of course, they get very, very, very angry <laughs> when you. Yeah, it's it's really rare to see somebody with English as a second language that is um, worse at it than a typical non-English speaker is. You know, they see somebody from like. Texas, and they almost always have worse diction than somebody from Russia. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that your other line? Do we need to let you go? No, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> wasn't wasn't anybody I really wanted to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes me feel better. We've never spoken before, and you'd rather talk to us. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what are you doing these days for entertainment? Oh, wow. I, I play an absolutely ridiculous amount of Minecraft. Um, <laughs> um, and I've got the uh, complete box set of Batman, the Addams Family, and the Munsters. I'm working my way through those for the third time. <laughs> like like uh, the original Batman, the Adam West Batman? That's the only Batman. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I I love watching some of those old some of those old episodes of Batman because they're just so ridiculous. You know when they I'm trying to remember there was an episode I I watched I don't know last year or the year before and I just it was just kind of on in the background and I don't remember the exact circumstances or anything else really around it but there was a scene where Batman and Robin are supposed to go into this speakeasy or bar or something and just the way Robin was talking about it and Batman's responses to him were incredible. You know, like, well, geez, Batman, there's going to be drinking and wild women in there. and <laughs> Holy <laughs> anal lesions, Batman. Right. Yeah, that sounds like it's from the the movie. They, they go into a, there's a bar in the movie, Batman movie, Adam West Batman movie. And, and Robin's like, why did you risk your life saving those people? And he's like. Well, even the worst drunkard might be salvaged. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is it. I think you're exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever yes. see? Did you see that uh, made-for-TV revival they did the movie, uh, The Return of Batman? Adam West uh, plays Adam West. Uh, Burt Young plays Burt Young. Is the uh, the Back to the Batcave thing? Back to, yeah, Back to the Batcave. That's what I'm thinking. No, of, I, yeah. I haven't been able to track down a copy of it yet, but it's it's definitely on my watch someday list. If you, if you like the original, you'll like this. It's it's good. Yeah, they they seem to have a really good sense of humor and a really good amount of self awareness over exactly what their place in history is. I really appreciate you joining us to answer some of the questions that I had that you know, have just kind of been sitting in the back of my mind forever and wondering where this incredible bit of writing came out for these, for these hilarious videos that I've been seeing, I don't know, for 15 years or more. This is, it's just really cool, you know, because of our modern age and computers and technology and everything, like something I saw 15 years ago that, you know, like I said, it, it, it hit me when I was just coming out of the atheist closet and I saw that and I was like, this is perfect. This is 
this is wonderful. This is something that I want to show all of my religious friends, and certainly they will laugh with me, and not very many of them did. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Well, I'm actually surprised at the number of Christians I meet who think it's absolutely hilarious. Because they're more liberal Christians, but yeah. yeah still. Yeah, the more liberal and moderate Christians. I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, you know, my, my family is mostly Episcopalian. And and I'm guessing, like, my dad and, and my uncle, they would have seen the humor in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's, that's probably the kind of people. Universal, uh, not universal, Unitarians love it. Um, but I don't know if they even count as Christian, really. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, if, there, if anybody wants to contact you, uh, what's the best way to do that? Uh, through my website, through my uh, email, james at juker.com. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. Yeah, this has been you. awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. Thanks. What a nice guy. Yeah, that was fun. I'd almost like to make my own version of it, and I kept thinking through my head, I'm like, how would I do <laughs> Well, and I, I wasn't with, sure. With lightsabers. <laughs> Well, my, my, I thought I, I have a Wookiee costume. Well, the, the only, the only idea I had running through my head was picking up a hitchhiker. Then the people driving are John and Mary and they pick up the hitchhiker. Yeah. And then after the hot dog argument, they kick him out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, well, like I told him, it's just, it's so cool that something I noticed when I was first out of the atheist closet and that I really enjoyed and then the pops up every now and then and I get to laugh at it all over again and you know then I see other people discovering it for the first time and they think it's awesome that we can track somebody down who did that and like get them to come and talk well, to not us that, on the just show just that he did it but that he did it in like 21 years ago or however long it was yeah. He yeah, said, like he, he said Hank can drink 97. now <laughs> Yeah, well, he said, uh, wrote it in 96. Yeah. 96. That's, yeah, that's amazing. Like, yeah. I was uh, four years out of high school when yeah. he wrote it and would not have imagined at that time that my life would be where it is now. I don't even, I don't think I even really knew what I wanted to do with myself. Yeah, 96, I would have been in middle school. <laughs> well, I was just starting out in computers, so. Yeah, but I wasn't an atheist activist or any yeah. of that kind of stuff. But yeah, you guys want to talk about some other stuff? Okay. Sure. Okay. Let's do that. All right. Well, actually, I'm not sure uh -oh. because this will come after. This isn't the very beginning of the show. No, it's It'll not. Be a we bit we later. need to record the intro. Yeah, we haven't recorded we the beginning. We need to do the intro yet. and the ending. And yeah. I'm fucking stupid sometimes, but it's Friday, so yay. Yay. <laughs> Did you hear about the Pornhub in Hawaii thing? What? Pornhub in Hawaii. Well, okay, oh, yes, it. I well, did. We'll have to talk about that. Save it. Oh, and I, I got something. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about a few things. Hi, this is Yvette Dontremont, a.k.a. the Cybabe, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. You can find me at Cybabe.com, at my Twitter account, at the Cybabe, and if you've hunt really hard, you can find me at Pornhub. I dare you. Marco Miklos committed suicide. Doesn't that mean he's destined to spending eternity in hell? God has a tremendous capacity for forgiveness. Unless you're a non-believer detective. Then you go straight to hell. How convenient. 
So people smart enough to know there's no such thing as God, we're the ones that should be worried. You cannot prove there is no God. That's because you can't prove a negative. Absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. All I know is God is good. Is he? Then explain war, rape. Explain death and suffering. Explain the horrors man has had to endure since the beginning of time. God works in mysterious ways. And that's all I'm going to say. You and the Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. All right, so I'm in the dark apparently about something on Pornhub. Well, okay, so. You, which seems you, weird. You know. <laughs> I, I know. It's. <laughs> It's like you were watching Pornhub when I got here. So, I, you know, I, how, how do you not? It's on the TV right now. What do you think? <laughs> little window in the um, – so the whole, the whole Hawaii nuclear scare, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So the, that, that whole thing happened. It was about 30-some minutes or so. Uh, friends of mine were over there. Uh, I found out about it when my friend uh, texted me saying, have you heard about this? You know, what have you heard about this? Yeah. Uh, the whole thing. Which in the current climate, it's quite scary. Like, it's a possibility. Yeah, it's, it's definitely <laughs> Well, yeah, possible. can you imagine being there? Like, I would have been was, freaking they the were, fuck out. They yeah. were fucking there. I mean, they were yeah. on vacation. Uh, she she had come down with the flu. They were in the hospital. I'm like, you know, what what are you going to do? And, oh, we're just going to stay put here in the hospital. We feel it's kind of safe oh, that's, here. Yeah, that's, that's a doubly shitty vacation. You're in the hospital with the flu and there's a and, missile coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's their one annual vacation and she comes down with the flu. It's like, fuck. And nuclear missiles are coming in. They're going to hate uh, Hawaii, you know. <laughs> so You can't even drive away from it. <laughs> and and I notif I notify him via text that it's a hoax before the Hawaiians notified him oh, that, that it was Well yeah, it took uh, what thirty eight minutes for them to like send out a correction. Yeah. To send out a correction, right. Wow. And apparently I found out on CNN before he could find out through anything he had available. Mm -hmm. So he didn't have CNN available? Well, I guess, I mean, maybe at CNN, yeah, I mean, I guess. Well, he's probably waiting for a local government yeah, Maybe he's looking yeah. for, waiting for a local, I, yeah. Well, and he's in the I hospital with his, with his wife <laughs> and his sick, so. <laughs> and no cell phones in hospital. I, I don't know. Yeah, that I don't have yeah, an answer yeah. to. So Pornhub came out uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, with their their statistics of viewership. And at the at the exact moment, their Hawaiian viewership at the moment that the alert came in, mm -hmm. that nuclear missiles were coming in. Or well, viewer... it just said ballistic missile, but I'm, everybody assumed nuclear, nuclear because yeah. of oh, okay. all of the tensions uh, yeah, with North Korea. Ballistic and, missile. Yeah. Um, their viewership dropped seventy seven percent of normal. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, but <laughs> but here's here's. 38 minutes later, when they sent out the all clear, uh -huh. their viewership went up 48% above <laughs> normal. You got to get rid not of that. Not 48% from their low. No. 48% above normal. So 
when you're so stressed. as soon as as soon as you find that the, there's the all clear, it's like everyone's like jumping on Porham more than what they would have normally to whack off. I'm I'm stressed. It's, I got to rub one out. Yeah, you, you but, just survived a traumatic experience. Whack it. <laughs> but what's really amazing is that when the alert came in and their their viewership dropped seventy seven percent. That meant that 23% of Hawaiians were alerted to a ballistic missile attack <laughs> and stopped jerking and off. And they continued jerking <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else are you going to do? I mean, if you've got if you're on an island and you've got an incoming ballistic what you would, missile what you would assume and you don't nuclear, have yeah. you don't have a missile shelter. Yeah. I mean, you know, go out with style. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm actually surprised there wasn't an uptick during the missile crisis. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, shit. It's like the crashing plane thing. What are you going to do? Well, just go jerk off. We're going to die anyways. You have no one else to turn to, I, yeah. I guess. But no, it, it was the it was the dramatic rise above normal that, that was yeah. so funny. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess, God, I don't know. What, what would you guys do if you... Like if we received an alert right now that there was a ballistic missile headed for Salt Lake City, get as far away from Salt Lake City as I could. Yeah, I'd well, probably seek a higher elevation. That and that's that is common. That's common. So I've been doing a lot of reading on this. Yeah, and that's what everyone would think you should do, and it's exactly what you shouldn't do because that's what everyone is going to do. And so you're going to end up getting stuck in traffic trying to get to higher elevations. You'll be vaporized on the freeway. Yeah, but all, you're all I got to do is walk up my house and climb up a mountain. Well, I mean, <laughs> if, if you're at your house and there's yeah. a mountain right there, I mean, you know, there there's this uh, desire to, like, get to your kids. I, I'd want to get to my kids, yeah. but trying to get to my kids when everyone else is trying to either get out of town or get to their kids or all that. It's going to be all traffic jams. Every everything I read said you should just stay put. I mean, I would want to get get to my kids. I'd want to get my kids over to my house so that we'd be all together. I mean, that would be the ideal. But realistically, I mean, it probably wouldn't happen. I mean, one of them is is an hour and a half away. Yeah, I guess so, I could stay in my house and start loading magazines. Well, I, I mean, that's <laughs> that's what everyone that that's what the recommendation is: is that you just stay put and hunker down. Well, and I, I remember reading something during all of this or, or seeing it on the news while it was, while I was having lunch, they were talking about it. Um, that they had basically 12 minutes from the, you know, the, from the time that alert goes out until the missile would have hit somewhere that they would have had 12 minutes. So how do you spend the last 12 minutes of your life? Yeah. I can't dig nor climb that fast. <laughs> I mean, I'd, 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 I'd probably be, I'd be surfing news sites to figure out if it's even real. Yeah, and your phone probably won't work either because the, the cell towers gonna be jammed with There's, everybody trying to get a reception, just like what happened on nine eleven. Well, cell phones didn't work not because the towers were down, but because they were bombarded with people trying yeah. to make phone calls. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd. I'd probably be trying to figure out if it was real. Yeah. Cuz I mean I I mean who can tell these days. Yeah, well when they were talking about the whole thing in Hawaii, I I just kept thinking to myself, okay, these people had 38 minutes from the time they received oh, it until yeah. they rescinded it or sent out a correction where that's 38 minutes of your life that you've basically spent 
figuring these are the last moments of your life, you know, how, how much would that affect your psyche? How, how, how differently would you look at the rest of the world from that moment forward, knowing that, well, geez, I, I, I had this stark reminder that I could have been vaporized and lived 38 minutes of my life thinking that it was the end of my life what would I do differently going forward? I wonder how many people that would affect positively or negatively. Well, I also wonder how many suicides there might have been during those 38 minutes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, so if someone said, I would rather I haven't heard anything about just that. rather take, go yeah. out take my, my own, own life yeah. versus getting blown up or have to, you know, nuclear, try to yeah, nuclear survive a or... nuclear fallout or, you know, get, get irradiated and then die painfully and slowly, just end it now. I wonder if, that happened. Yeah. I, I like that's I haven't heard anything about that. But if people said I'm going to take my own life instead of a missile, I'd I'd like to think that I'm level headed enough to. So if I got the alert that that in 12 minutes I'm going to die, and and if I know for a fact that's going to happen, mm-hmm. then I'm level headed enough to just accept it. Kind of kick yeah. back, pour a glass of wine, and and just relax because because. I can't do anything yeah. about it. There's literally, I can't it, go yeah. into my gun vault and pull out my AR-15 or whatever and, you know, do anything about it. I, I can't do anything about it, so I might as well just kick back, put on an episode of Friends, pour a glass of wine, and, <laughs> yeah. An episode of Friends? funny show. I, yeah, but you only got 12 well, minutes. Well, no one told you life was going to be this way, Grant, so. <laughs> 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 An episode of Friends. That's that's like the least, I that that is like the farthest thing from my mind, I think, if I've got 12 minutes left to live. Yeah, I thought at least Frasier. <laughs> well, I, I mean, Frasier is good, so is Seinfeld. I, you know, friends, friends just came in, came to mind. I, I don't know. You know, I, I probably would have a drink as well, but it would just be straight from the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Why bother with a glass? Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to, you're not going to have to clean it. it. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I think I would probably spend that time just sending messages to people that I care about, letting them know how much I care about them. Yeah. And you know what positive influence they've had on my life. Um, yeah. Certainly contact my kids and family members and close friends and everything. God, I just, just that, that had to have been a life changing event for so many people who were there though. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. That from that moment forward, they're going to live their lives completely differently. Like I almost died. Yeah. I wonder. No, you didn't, but the thought was there. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see, you know, years from now, if there's a sociologist who wants to go back and study what happened in the lives of people who were there at the time and how have they changed and everything that, it just, that seemed something that would be interesting to me at least like, you know, did this, was this a life changing event for you? And if so, how, and what have you done since then? I mean, I, I, I'm kind of straining my memory here, but I mean, I, I don't think anyone in our generation or, or newer has ever faced anything like that. That, that I can think of. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I have to go all the way back to the Cuban Missile Crisis. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that well, was even, really... Even, even then, there was never a direct, hey, your city's going to be struck. Well, but I mean... There's a I possibility. Mean, I mean, but it was even closer to war 
uh, to nuclear war than even like the Cold War. The Cold mm-hmm. War, I mean, everyone was fearful and all that, but there was never actually a countdown. There was never actually a direct threat. But the mm. Cuban Missile Crisis, I mean, we we were down to hours, mm-hmm. if if not days, of of uh, or days if not hours, uh, of of a threat there. So. All I know is I've always lived in an area that's a high priority on the nuclear strike list. Because mm-hmm. here in Utah, Hill Air Force Base, Hill Air Force Base has strike. has one of the largest munition storage areas for fighters for aircrafts mm-hmm. as at Hill Air Force Base. And then growing up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, we had Oshkosh Truck who built all the fucking Humvees and military vehicles for the military. So that was on the strike list to say, hey, take out the place that builds their military vehicles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I if if I were somewhere close to where I knew was going to be ground zero and I knew that I'm not going to get away, I'd I'd be sending messages to friends and family members letting them know that, you know, their their contribution to my life and and how they've affected me and then with the last few minutes or whatever, I would get as close to ground zero as possible and sit there Probably with a cigarette, though they taste fucking terrible these days. Just get a joint. <laughs> yeah, that that would be good. Or a joint, yeah. Uh, it better be some really good kicking stuff. Do. A glass of whiskey that's in a lawn chair a, and a catcher's mitt. <laughs> I need a, I, that's what I need. I, I need a go bag of all the drugs that, that I never did. <laughs> that I've always been curious about. Yeah. I mean, I, the the I've, problem I've, is. I've, I've smoked pot and all that, but- you know, I've never done cocaine or math or anything like that. Never done any any of that stuff. But I've always kind of wondered, you know, cocaine, yeah. Yeah. So I, I should have like a go bag with like, you know. <laughs> drugs. Drugs that, you know, in the last 10 minutes, I can just kind of snort up a few things. Oh, that's what it's like. <laughs> but then the, the issue would probably be you, you find your drug bag that you've been hiding. You get it out. You prep your drugs. You take them. And then it, you don't have enough time left for them to even kick in to enjoy it, and then you just blow the fuck up. Well, there's that. <laughs> yeah, this cocaine is stupid. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> like you're like, Boom. oh, there it is. Bang. Well, I need the fucking internet to figure out how to use them because <laughs> I don't know how to do math. I you yeah, know, the, yeah you, the boiling and the needles and all that. Shit. How many how many meths do you swallow before you get high? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how many of those crystal balls? I, I it, don't know. It's a suppository, right? <laughs> but the internet's yes, the gonna, yes for the, all the internet's going to be bogged down, so I'm not going to be able to see any YouTube videos about how to do it. I don't so. know. I don't think there's. YouTube videos on how to cook meth. There might be. There might be. I I said that with a little bit of hesitation in my voice because it is fucking YouTube (laughs) and it is the internet. There's Mm -hmm. there's videos out there somewhere on 4chan or somewhere. There there are videos. Google will find them for you. Yeah. (laughs) This is Phil Ferguson of the cleverly titled the Phil Ferguson Show, and thank God you're listening to the Godless Revolution. How do you suppose someone even gets wrapped up in all this bullshit? The universe is complex. Religion offers simple-minded people easily digestible answers. It takes a great deal of study to understand how we rotate around the sun or to comprehend the gravitational pull of our orbit. It's much easier to just be told that God brings the sun out in the morning and puts it away at night. You make it sound so innocent, like children who believe in fairy tales. Yeah, but don't forget, every fairy tale has a monster. 
Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. They they want to rate uh, uh, immigrants on, um, what's the term? If they come from a shithole? No, not, not whether or not they <laughs> Darkness of skin? Not uh, skin color. No, education? What, uh, what they claim is... Uh, uh, God, what's the word? It's, oh, shit. Uh, merit. Merit. Oh, oh, yeah. And and so my question is, well, what's merit? Well, obviously, how, if you're a Christian, you, that gets how, 100 points. How do you qualify the merit of a person? And one of the responses in, in the debate I was having was, well, education level. Educa- you know, Norway has the highest education level compared to like That is maybe, the biggest fucking cop out. And, and all that. And I'm like, so my response is, okay, so, so if education is, equates to merit, then like uh, southern states which are vastly undereducated relative to California, Washington, New York, Massachusetts. They get the fuck out. Those, those Americans down there have less merit than the residents of California and Washington. Is that, that's what, Is you're, that what you're telling me? That's yeah. what you're yeah. telling me right now? Yeah. And, and if you're telling me that, you know, and, and you know, I, I suspect that, uh, you know, the hardworking farmers in rural america would would take issue with your perspective that they are not contributing to this country at at uh, in any kind of equality with the residents of california and washington and massachusetts uh but even then setting that aside if education is so important to you would you then support uh, you know, universal uh, college, uh, college or, or two-year yeah. education, yeah. you know, post-education, you know, full, fully funded, uh, free public, public university, free public yeah. universities like Norway has, yeah, mm-hmm. which is why they're so educated. And of course, there's no response because they have easy access there's to the no education. response to that whatsoever. I think that bothers me more than people continuing to argue and move the goalposts is when you make a good point and then they just don't acknowledge it at all. Like, motherfucker, this is what we were talking about, and I made a great fucking point, and you disappear. That is fucking cowardice. That is you running away from the thoughts in your own brain that are colliding and making you feel uncomfortable. Fucking settle into it and think about it for a minute and then get back to me. Don't just fucking walk away and never think about it again. That fucking makes me mad because I've spent this time trying to have a discussion and dialogue with you. And the first moment that it becomes clear that you're wrong, you disappear. That's fucking cowardice. Yeah. And that indicates to me that you're not interested in knowing what the truth is. You want something to confirm what you already believe. Oh, yeah. they just want to let their ship sink that instead makes, of That makes out. me get all fucking Hulk smash on shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've wasted my time talking to somebody who clearly isn't open to really knowing what the truth is and getting to the basic facts of anything. They just want their own beliefs confirmed. Yeah, you're a waste of my fucking time. Yeah, a Dan Hulk smash video would be funny. <laughs> it would also be fun to paint you green. Yeah, I wouldn't know really that I was green. I would assume that I'm just a different color. Well, but we have to, we would have to paint you green to yeah. convey the Hulk. Mm. 
Yes. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it would stick. I'm. I'm guessing the red would just come, <laughs> just like overpower, well, overpower the green layers, and just you know come bursting through. <laughs> or, or, or we just grab some Kool Aid and dye the beard green. Mmm. I've thought about dyeing my beard different colors. Did you? It's getting more white all the time. Well, you've done that before, haven't you? I've never dyed it. No. Well, that was just an, oh well, I've I've used like the temporary spray, the temporary out. spray yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, that like washes out immediately. Oh, okay, washes out immediately. Oh gosh, sheriff. Uh, you want to talk about racist stuff in Utah? Yeah, because we're full of it, and it's Martin Luther King Day, and yeah, you're full of it. Then we're going to talk about Trump, who's also the racist. Uh huh. So they go together. He's he's a dick bag. All right. Well, so here locally in Utah, we had some U- some students in Southern Utah who, on Martin Luther King Day, decided that it would be a great idea to post a video and some, or I'm sorry, well, a just photo. a racist photo on Instagram. And apparently here in Utah, this is breaking news? I guess. Well, it's not breaking because we know Utah is fairly racist. <laughs> but they did have to put quite a bit of effort in to make this photo. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's, let's turn to KUTVnews.com, Ooh. local channel two here, to catch this breaking news. This is breaking news oh, shit. from 2News. We are following breaking news in Hurricane. Community members and school officials say they are disgusted by an Instagram photo that was posted by a student. This photo shows the teenager pretending to hang herself, her eyes X'd out with the phrase, Happy National N-Word Day. I don't think it said oh, N-Word Day. No. Yeah. No, I think they used the uh, hard R. <laughs> uh-huh. DJ Bullerjack is on the story for us. DJ, this picture is disturbing and it's being taken very seriously. That's got to be Craig Bullerjack's kid, right? Uh, I mean, there aren't a whole lot of Bullerjacks as a surname here in Utah, and he's got the Bullerjack chin. He's This is clearly Craig he, Bullerjack's kid. He sounds like someone who would own the local lumber mill. <laughs> <laughs> Bullerjack. Very seriously. Now, what we're being told is both the students actually go here uh, to Hurricane High School, uh, the school district. And if for people outside of Utah who don't know, Hurricane is Hurricane Utah. Yeah. It's, but the <laughs> yeah. local pronunciation is Hurricane. Hurricane. Because we don't, they don't talk here in this state. <laughs> I almost said we. Uh, the school district says the action has been taken, but uh, the extent of that and what those uh, repercussions will be, we do not know yet. But earlier today, we got a chance to talk to some parents and people in this community, and we showed them this photo that was on social media, and they were appalled. Erin Hoagland is a mother of two. It's pure disrespect. And has trouble understanding why anyone would post anything so hateful disgust and just sadness really like that makes me really sad as a mother um that people are still referring to a a race as a slur stephen dunham with the washington county school district there are two students involved says that this photo was taken off school property and at the student's place of employment on martin luther king jr day we were closed during that time it was done on their own social media accounts on their own time on their own devices Dunham says this sort of behavior is not something they... And you know what happens when you leave kids to their own devices? (laughs) (laughs) Says this sort of behavior is not something they tolerate. We have a safe schools policy. 
And if they are not making other students feel safe in our own schools, in our own community, it's significant the, uh, the punishments that they could face. Aaron believes these childish actions can be prevented. It all starts at home. It's your perspective, your mindset on you know other races. That starts all completely at home with your parents, with your morals, with your just your beliefs. All of that starts at home. Yeah, nobody's born a racist. No. That's something that is taught to you. You're yeah. born into racism. Yeah. Just like religion. You're, yeah, you're it's born something into it. You're taught theism. You're taught racism. Yeah. You're taught all of that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're taught to hate people who are different. Now, you saw that photo in our story. We're told that that girl in that post actually works here in the hurricane area. We reached out to that business and found out that she has been fired from her job. Good. And the school district says that she could face more consequences as the investigation continues. Back to you. Yeah, it's pretty wow. fucking... I mean, taking the effort to actually make a noose make props to put over your eyes and set the whole thing up to take a photograph to say something extremely derogatory on Martin Luther King Day is 100% intentional. It's not like, oh, sorry, it was an accident. You know, like you, you're not going to be able to claim that, and it's pretty fucking shitty. Yeah, well, and this comes on the heels of what? It was just um, maybe two months ago that there were those girls in Utah in a car. The, like the cheerleaders. Yeah. And, yeah. and recorded themselves oh, yeah. screaming Sergeant Cuff and then posted it backward. And, of course, it sounds really fucking terrible when you play it backward. Yeah. And they thought they were hilarious. Well, and wasn't there also an Instagram photo of cheerleaders with uh, the N-word? They, they were each holding a letter. Of of the oh, N word, I don't remember that one. I don't Lining know. I haven't up. seen that. I don't doubt it because Utah is fairly racist. And it, may, I mean, it may not be racist. I'm not, I don't remember all the. No, details. I think I'd holding a to, sign that, that, that says that yeah. is pretty racist. But uh. but yeah, no, I'm saying it may not be Utah. I'm, <laughs> oh, then it, it may, may have been it somewhere may have else. Been somewhere else. Oh, okay. I, I guess gotcha. I have a vague recollection of a bunch of cheerleaders holding up, each holding a letter of, of the N-word yeah. in, in a photo. I don't understand how in the year 2018 this kind of shit is still happening. Or, or it's thought, oh, I'm, this is okay, this will be funny. It's like, no, it's not fucking funny. No. Well, I mean, it's, it's been like 50 years. Or, I mean, 60, uh, you know, the 60s, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what? That's 50 years, right? Mm-hmm. Am I doing my math right? No, you're Am good. Am I mathing right? <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, I, I just, I don't understand how people can hate other people that they don't even fucking know. Yeah. Like, you, and they it, don't even know. Like, the, the black population in Utah is what, like 2 3%? Yeah. Probably. It's really, yeah. really low. I, sh I should probably look it up, but it's and in super southern, low. And in southern Utah. I mean, this is, yeah. this is shithole southern Utah. So it's I, probably I zero. Say. No, it is a shithole. Hurricane is, is a shithole. A... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's an uh, it's a totally. I've I've been there. It's it's a very urban community. It's it's not any kind of major, uh, you know, center or anything like that. So yeah, I mean, their their percentage is far lower than what we'd see here in Salt Lake. But I mean, we found it completely all right for adults during Obama's era. To walk around with him hung from nooses and having similar signs posted in their front yards, and those people weren't. Oh yeah, all the racists oh, yeah. hanging him in effigy yeah. from trees. And, yeah, yeah. 
a whole bunch of fucking racist people. I, I don't know. I guess we've we've seen that the current administration has empowered all of these racist dipshits. They haven't tried to dissuade them at all. No, certainly not. I mean, there, I, there's, I mean, there's that, obviously good people on that side too, Ryan. That's, yes, I know. That's I know. a very generous statement to say. I mean, they haven't tried to dissuade them. I, I, I would say that's too generous. I mean, I, I they've gone well, further. They've, they've encouraged this. It's I, not that they've just remained silent. I mean, they are the base. Well, that's why I, I guess I was going with they haven't. They're not trying to promote it, but their silence about it. Or them not being harsh enough towards these groups saying, hey, you motherfuckers, we don't agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're not actively promoting it, but I mean. But when they come out to talk out against it, they don't even really talk against it. Like, well, you know, it's misunderstood, whatever. I, I don't agree with it, but. they. I mean, they reach out to them. They they may not promote them, but they reach out well, to them. Well, especially with the, the Breitbart side of it. And, oh, yeah. Um, the alt-right. I'm trying to think of the Spencer, or is it? Uh, the, Richard Spencer. Richard Spencer, Richard Spencer, yeah. Spencer. Them, it's like, they, they love the guy, and he's a fucking complete tool dickbag i'm not a nazi i'm just a member of the alt-right in kekistan yeah i don't hate black people i just want to kick them out of the country and give them their own country i just want to protect my white race from those interloping black yeah. people and fuck uh, you too mary <laughs> well, speaking of shitholes uh that seems to be definitely poised to become the word of the year this year and it's really really early for well, us to discover this we got a lot of time up. He he can probably do worse. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Donald Trump referred to Haiti and Africa as if he thinks that Africa is a country. <laughs> a I, I honestly don't think he knows. I, yeah, I don't I think so, too. I don't so think he too. understands. I he doesn't know the difference between country and continent. Yeah, I believe that he thinks Africa is, that their people come from the country of Africa. Uh, but he referred to those areas as shitholes, wondering why we are accepting immigrants from those areas. As Grant mentioned earlier, he has since said that he's not going to accept worker visas yeah. for people yeah, coming I, from Haiti because it's a shithole, apparently. This, this was just in the last few days I, that, that DHS is, is moving to restrict or, or eliminate worker visas, temporary work visas, for Haiti and one other... Uh, some either, other shithole. Either African or, or <laughs> one of those Central American countries or something like that. Yeah. yeah. That he's just not going to allow them in and anymore. And this was just days after meeting with Mia Love, who, who is, is... Whose parents are Haitian immigrants. Whose parent, who's, a, who's the daughter of Haitian immigrants and is the only, the first and only Haitian American in Congress. I think she's also the first black federal... She's the first black Republican. She's the first female black Republican. Have we had any black federal representatives here in Utah before? I thought besides being the first female, she was also the first she black representative. Be, she might be Utah. the first black from Utah. She's the first black female nationally. Yeah. For the Republican Party, anyway. For the Republican Party. Hmm. And she may be the first black from Utah, yeah. Hmm. Hey, this is Taylor Grin from GrinAndBearInt.com, where we do news, analysis, and commentary. And you're listening to Godless Revolution. Hello, detectives. 
As acting interim ambassador to the United States, I'm demanding the release of Father Streza. Father Streza? Yes. He is a priest merely exercising his fundamental human right of practicing religion. Okay, health care is a fundamental human right. Believing in an imaginary god is a sign of insanity. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! I really liked this video that Vice created uh, afterward because there was huge fallout throughout every news outlet in the nation with... People actually saying the word shithole on during their regular news telecast, <laughs> and it, it was it was kind of funny because there was also a I saw a tweet or I saw a story about a tweet that goes out. There's a apparently a Twitter bot that tweets out whenever the New York Times first uses a new word, like it has cataloged all of the words that the New York Times has ever written in any of its articles, wow. and then will tweet whenever they include a new word and it had been silent for a really long time and then it tweeted out the new york times first used the word shithole wow (laughs) and vice put this little video together that i thought was pretty good the president is teaching little kids a new word blank hole hole bleep hole s hole any sort of hole begins with a word a bad word and then ends up with hole let's just use the word the president is using Shithole, this shithole, is shithole, 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 shitholes. Shit Donald Trump has turned the Oval Office into a shithole. 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 The word shithole. Shithole in and of itself. Uh, a shithole. 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 Shitholes. I never in a million years thought I would be saying shithole. On television, you probably come from a shithole. It's a shithole place. <laughs> Considered a shithole. Your ancestry is a shithole. Shithole immigrant. Your mouth is the foulest shithole in the world. The shithole people. Living What's in the time left My dad on this came video? from what I guess Trump would call a shithole. <laughs> My people came from what Donald Trump would call a shithole. I'm the descendant of people from a shithole. I'm a proud shitholer. 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 Shitholers built this country. I'm proud. To be a shitholer, and I want a T-shirt. <laughs> I, like, I love the way I, that he was saying that, like so, like with so much disdain, like shitholer, shitholer. <laughs> I, 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 I bet there are T-shirts. I, I bet I'm actually somebody is excited. selling. I mean, you. I mean, going back to the uh, Hawaii thing, there are already T-shirts about uh, uh, surviving. I survived. I survived. <laughs> By, I bet they're already, you know, I'm a proud shitholer. And if there isn't, I'll, I'll fucking make one myself. I, yeah. I'd love one. I just want a teacher says, I'm proud of my shithole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last thing that I wanted to talk about, going back to Hawaii, I'm glad you, that, you, that you mentioned that again. Porn? Um, no, no this, is, <laughs> this is not porn. But we've talked about shitholes. We've talked about Hawaii. Uh, we're, we're revamping a a certain piece of software at work and it's turned out to be really challenging just based on the way the architecture was created. The entire architecture of this software that we're going to have to rewrite is so bad that, I mean, it's going to take a complete rewrite of this particular software package that we use at work. And 
it made me start thinking about, you know, so this week has been dealing with a whole bunch of, of that bullshit at work and surrounding the rewrite of that. And then it just so happened that as I was in a meeting today talking about how we want to recreate the user interface for this particular piece of software, I got an email from Code Academy and Grant may be familiar with it. Oh yeah. Yeah. But Code Academy is an online site where you can go and learn a bunch of different programming languages. There's tips and hints and videos, and you can learn a whole lot of stuff out on this website. But they sent an email out today that talked about how the whole thing in Hawaii actually happened. Like, uh. how do you hit the wrong button that sends a message out to everybody, warning them of an incoming ballistic missile threat, and then that you don't correct it for 38 minutes? While everybody who received the message is living in terror, yeah. wondering what to do, and reaching out to people, seeing if it's accurate or not. Still watching porn, some of them. So this email from Code, from Code Academy says, On an otherwise quiet Saturday morning, the state of Hawaii learned the hard way about the consequences of relying on a poorly designed user interface, UI. An employee at Hawaii's emergency management agency triggered an emergency alert last Saturday indicating that a ballistic missile was about to hit the islands. Your first impulse might be to blame the employee for creating this statewide false alarm, but, the, but in the discipline of user interface design, there is no such thing as user error. Which, I guess I can agree with. I mean, if you design your user interface well, then it should be really difficult for them to fuck it up. It should be intuitive, it and you should have should constraints be. in place that if they do something they're not supposed to do, that it lets them know, hey, you're not supposed to do that. It, it, I mean, it should be if you have a qualified user interface designer as part of your team, mm -hmm. but a lot of people don't. Yeah. And a lot of people leave that to computer, to software engineers, and software engineers aren't necessarily qualified as user interface designers yeah we're we a lot of They're a lot of people myself included are not like artistically inclined like i can tell you if i like something by looking at it but i can't tell you how to create something that right. i will like well it's it's more than even artistic it's about information architecture i mean I, I worked in information architecture for a couple of years as as a pure architect uh where i didn't do any coding i was just doing architecture not design not making things pretty but it's about architecting information so that it's uh, available and, and quickly uh, easily, accessible. easily accessible in an intuitive manner and that workflows uh, flow through logically mm. and that you get the necessary feedback and all that. And computer programmers don't think about that. Even designers don't think about it. All designers think about it is making things pretty and widgets and bells and whistles and all that, which are great. But no, I mean, it's a, it's a very specific skill set that a lot of teams don't have. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but, but like I say, I mean, if, you're, if your user interface is designed well enough, then it would disallow them from making horrendous mistakes in data entry or yeah. or somewhere along the workflow process and it would let them know hey you know you can't do that and and here's why or just would it, it would never be a possibility that they could do something so terribly wrong without alerting them i mean that's why we have like if you click something and it 
and it's going to install, it says, do you want to allow this program yeah. to make changes to yeah. your computer? And you have to click yes. And then you then it begins the install process and you get your end user license agreement text that nobody actually reads and just clicks on next and installs whatever. But you all along the way, you give the user ample opportunity to stop the process yeah. before something dire happens. Yeah. And in the case of the Hawaii... Uh, ballistic missile threat, that just wasn't a possibility because of incredibly terrible user interface design. I mean, when, when, you, when you select an option, which where you, when you click the button, it's going to send out a production level alert to an entire state that a ballistic missile is coming in, it should be popping up with a, a big red Alert, yeah, like this is this warning, is not a, a drill. Um, you are thing. going to send this out to everybody. Are you and sure you want should to have to validate that yeah. before you continue? Or yeah. it should be in a separate tab. The drill and the real world shouldn't be in the same fucking Completely place. separate pages. Yeah, yeah. or, or yeah. you could do that. I mean, there there are many things you can do in or information both. architecture, <laughs> yeah. or both. There are many things you can do in information architecture to to alleviate things like that, but. Mm -hmm. Software engineers often don't think about it. Yeah. So the, the email continues and says, the well-designed software should anticipate the needs of its users, provide clear warning messages when users are about to take a drastic action, and make errors easy to catch and reverse. Take a look at the remarkably confusing UI that caused the error, and it has a picture of apparently the user interface that is in place in Hawaii for sending out these alerts. And... At the top, it just says state EOC. I'm guessing that's emergency. Emergency operations operation center. center. Ah, emergency center. operations center. Thank you, Ryan. And the first in this list of five items says. And it looks like a click list. Yeah, yeah, like, it is. A, like a drop down thing where you select one of the five options. Right. Yeah. And so at the top of the list, it says one test message. And then the next one, which is number two, does not have a number How in front does of it. Does not have a two. <laughs> in fact, none of the other items have a number in front of them. But it says drill-packom demo state only. Below that, it says false alarm BMD CEM state only. Below that, it says monthly test RMT state only. And below that, it says packom CDW state only, which, apart from the word drill in front of it, is exactly alike. And, uh, oh, and demo. Oh, and demo, yeah. But it still says... Pack-on state only. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're not paying really close attention, it's easy to see how you could select the wrong item here. So apparently the employee accidentally clicked Pack-on CDW state only instead of the similarly named option Drill Pack-on demo state only, creating massive panic until a follow-up message 40 minutes later revealed it was a mistake. Did they hit the false alarm the tab then? And I, I would, I would, one, I don't know all the background, all the details. I would argue that the 40 minutes issue has to do with process more than user interface. Oh, that, yeah. No, it's, that, I mean, it's just the, saying that after that this, after this the fuck user, up led to, you know, this went out and then the 40 minutes wasn't because of the user interface necessarily. The 40 minutes was because this is what they, led to they that. didn't yeah. have a contingency plan to deal with a fuck-up by a user. Mm -hmm. Or did the user click what he thought was a drill, not knowing that people just got a message saying, you're all going to fucking die? Yeah, well, and that could be the case, too. Right. And then, the case. I mean, you do it, and then everybody's like, well, how the fuck did this message get out? And yeah. everybody says, I don't know, I didn't do it. Yeah, I didn't click I, on that. I, I clicked on the I, thing the drill. that I... Or I, I think that I clicked on the thing yeah. that's just a drill. Like, 
I don't know how this got out. We're going to have to trace that down. But, and so then you got to dig through all the logs and yeah. But I mean, even even if the user doesn't know that, I mean, it shouldn't take them forty minutes to be able to figure out this message was sent out by mistake and yeah. be able to reverse it. Yeah, there should be a better right. process to reverse that down the road. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, it's military, but, so you got a lot of paperwork to go through before you can hit the button again. <laughs> there, one of the, one of the best books I've read uh, in terms of user, user interface design and, and things in general. Uh, well, actually, two books. Steve Krug did a book called "Don't Make Me Think." It's it's about user interface design in in. This should the be internet. so intuitive that you don't even have to think about it. That you shouldn't you shouldn't be building anything that requires people to think about things. Because we know how we, stupid people are. Or, <laughs> honestly, yeah, that's that you shouldn't have to require people to learn how to use something to interpret things or whatever. It should just be intuitive. It's an excellent book, and the other one is is the design of everyday things. Mm-hmm. Is a wonderful book to read when it comes to design on the, the internet or the real wide, uh, the real world. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they talk about a lot of case case examples of like when you have a door, uh, a door that swings, and you just put a bar across the door, but you give no visual indications of whether it swings right or left. Mm-hmm. You, you just put a right. full bar across the door. Yeah. That's bad design yep. because you're giving no visual indication of which side you're supposed to push on mm. kind of thing. It's, it's an amazing book to read. Hmm. I've ran into those doors because I'm used to pushing on like the right-hand side or the <laughs> middle of two doors. And then and you I've, end up pushing on, on the, the wrong, wrong side. side. Like the door doesn't work. I'm like, oh, why is this door open backwards from yeah. the doors I'm normally used to working with? Two, yeah. two excellent books, I would suggest. Well, that'll wrap it up for the regular portion of the show. Before we go, I want to make sure that I thank our Patreon supporters who are the ones who are sponsoring this episode for you because we do not carry ads on the show. Uh, I don't know that we ever will because it's just a pain in the butt. But I want to thank, I want to be sure that we thank all of our Patreon supporters. Even if Jameson wanted to. Ooh. (laughs) I I would take a few cases of Jameson. If Jameson or Laphroaig or, and really almost any whiskey wanted to sponsor (laughs) us, I don't don't know that I could turn it down necessarily. But I, uh, I, I really appreciate the support of all of our patrons. And I think that everybody listening to the show who is not a patron should also be very thankful for these people for helping continue the mission of the show. That would be Michelle Short, Christy Kalbach, Camille Baroski, Numania, Alan Firth, Gatheist, Larry Wilson, Dr. Dan, Matt's boss from the 2SC podcast to whom we pledge loyalty. Is he ever going to change out? <laughs> no. I don't. I doubt it. Just, and he's just going to keep just, it that way. Just, just get over it, people. Be a people. thorn in our side. Just, <laughs> like the British always are. <laughs> uh, Janet Uter, Let Them Eat Kofefe, Stephen Andrus, Marius Kot Butrakowski, Utah Outcasts, Tim Jacobson, Matt Tuller. Megan Kennedy, Andrew Vodapich, Brandy Hamrick, Jeremy Goodson, Angelica Pearson, Wes Aaron, the Purple Dragon, Mr. Grant Larimer, and Taylor Grin. Thank you all so very yes. much. I say it every week, but I really, really, really do appreciate you being supporters of the show. That means a whole lot to me. Uh, it's my birthday in, what is today? Today's a, a Friday. It's my birthday in two days. Before everybody Yay. gets this, I will have 
completed another, another lunar cycle. Another uh, not lunar cycle. Another Happy another trip around this. To <laughs> you. No, 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 stop, 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 Happy stop. birthday to you. Me. Happy birthday, dear Dan. Me. Happy birthday to you. Uh, thanks, guys. That was very nice. <laughs> and not at all what I was expecting or wanting. I was just going to say... Uh, totally unplanned until yeah. Dan brought it up because, you know... Uh, yeah. I, I was just going to say I will consider uh, this week's show and, and your patronage as a personal birthday present for me. So thank you all very, very much. I appreciate it. So until next week... Crucify Hank. Fuck that guy. Leave a review to achieve your million dollars. And rate the show five times towards a government shutdown. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. It's done. Fucking hell. It's It's done. It's shut down. It's It's like a half an hour. I mean. Yeah. yeah. I, I got a call from our call tree that the government will be shutting down and I should stay tuned to the news to know if I need to go into work on Monday or perhaps ever again. Fuck, I don't know. I mean, I guess they have all weekend to figure it out, but... It's ridiculous. Anyway, thank you very much, everybody. It's not safe I just
It's, it's always it's always interesting getting listened to the show when I'm not on. <laughs> so I don't know the joke that's going to happen next. Feel free to curse as much as you want. This is a adult show. <laughs> and then we're co-sponsored by Pornhub. So. <laughs> <laughs> let me know when it's going to drop in the real world so I can let my wife listen to it and make fun of me. <laughs> Uh, ah, fucking, yeah, because it was Dan Aykroyd, and it was Chevy Chase, uh, what was, what was that, uh, the female lead in the, I can't remember what her name is right now, she was, she was in a bunch of 80s movies, she played G.I. Jane. Oh, Demi Moore. Demi, Demi Moore? Moore? You couldn't remember Demi Moore's name? I'm horrible she with names. She helped me go through puberty. <laughs> <laughs>